Sit down and buckle in. Today we're going to talk about fear and how it plays a big role in your divorce. Yes, it's episode number 59 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. Here we go. Welcome to the Divorce Resource Guy podcast with Jason Lavoie, a.k.a. the Divorce Resource Guy, a former divorce attorney turned divorce coach, talking about all things divorce, including the good, bad, and the ugly from an attorney's point of view. Remember, you're not alone. And now your host, Jason Lavoy. Welcome to yet another episode of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. I'm Jason Lavoy, your host, aka the Divorce Resource Guy, and thank you for joining me today. Today's guest specializes in helping women make hard decisions about marriage, divorce, money, and life. She's a CDC certified divorce coach, certified divorce financial analyst, Ohio Supreme Court trained family mediator, and the author of High Conflict Divorce for Women. She specializes in giving women the confidence they need to speak up in their relationships or at the negotiating table. Deborah believes that knowledge is the antidote to fear and that planning well for your divorce creates better outcomes for everybody. And most of her days include messy buns, tons of coffee, cats, and Zooming with clients, and she has two kind, resilient adult children who are out changing the world despite having lived through her two divorces. It's my pleasure to bring you Deborah Doak. Deborah, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you on. Hey, Jason. I'm thrilled to be here. Awesome. So for those who are listening and watching um, that may not be familiar with you, give everybody an idea of just kind of your backstory, um, you know, like where you came from, not literally, but <laughs> you know what I mean, right. and and how you got to this point uh, where you are today doing what you do. Yeah, gotcha. So I have a really varied background. I started out in finance for 15 years. I was in the banking industry, in the finance industry, doing budget analysis. Super, super fun, right? Um, for some. Yeah. <laughs> not me, but uh, for some. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, took a break for a few years to raise kids. Uh, then I was working at a church for several years and then did marketing PR for manufacturers. So um, throughout the course of that, I got to experience two divorces. Two? And two, right? One very early on when my kids were toddlers. It was amicable. Um, Dad and I still talk probably every week. We've gone on college visits together, moved kids from apartment to apartment together, That's very great. amicable, doing co-parenting, um, just bossing that, doing it the way it should be done. So that is possible for everybody listening, right? It is possible. Absolutely. We moved my daughter down to law school, packing and unpacking all day. He was leaving at 10 o'clock at night to go to his hotel and her roommates and roommates' parents kind of gave us the side eye, like, where's he going? And I said, oh, you guys didn't know we were divorced, did you? They said, no, we had no idea. Right. That, that, that sounds like the model example of how I wish everybody was. Right. That's the model. Right. So that was my first divorce. We shared a moving truck when we were splitting up to move to our new homes and everything. Um, second divorce, not so much. <laughs> that was more what, uh, what we would consider high conflict, speaking only through attorneys, fighting over you know, all the things. Yeah, we'll, we'll reference that as a garden variety contested divorce. Yes, the garden variety contested divorce that <laughs> took two years and more money than it should have. Yeah, that sounds yep. about right. Yeah. Um, so you, you've kind of had it uh, from both sides there. I have. Um, so talk a little bit about 
what you do now um, and how you help people, you know, who are going through or have dealt with divorce. Yeah. So, you know, as happens lots of times when we are getting divorced and I was um, over 50 when that happened and I had been working part time. I was not the breadwinner in my home. I wasn't able to support myself when this happened. And so I had to think about, was I going to go back to finance and work in a cubicle from eight to five every day? And that wasn't really what I had in mind. So as I started exploring, I learned about the field of divorce coaching. So I started to explore that, um, went through some really rigorous training, got certified in that, and then decided to pull my financial background in. And so I sat for the certified divorce financial analyst exam so that I could really dig in with my clients into the money issues in divorce yeah. Right. Because we know those are a big piece. If not the biggest. If not the biggest. And then I realized my clients could really use help with negotiation skills and understanding the mediation process. So yeah. I went through, yeah, I went through all the training with the Ohio Supreme Court through the fundamentals of mediation, family and divorce court mediation, and even in through the uh, domestic violence specialty. Yeah. It's and, so important. Um, yeah. And, and talking about mediation, you know, it, it's so funny to me. Uh, but it's not funny. Um, I was just speaking with a coaching client of mine who was preparing for a mediation. She has an attorney, mind you. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was doing the session with her and I said, okay, well, what has your mediation told um, not what has your mediation? What has right. your attorney told you about mediation so far? Right. So I don't repeat it. Um, she basically stood there, you know, virtually and, was you had that confused deer in headlights right. look like you know yeah. they, they hadn't really talked about it at all exactly which dumbfounded me um and so i i i basically prepped her for the mediation process but right you would think an attorney would do that i mean as an attorney right. i do i did that when i represented people um, right you know but right. so it just astonished me that right you would think somebody's yeah. ready for mediation but they have no clue they really don't and that's that's kind of why I, I wanted to do this. And then I added on some pastoral counseling training so that I really feel like I want to help these clients be their own best advocate, right? We don't punt to our attorneys. We don't punt to somebody else in this process. I want them to feel really empowered and in control of their own. I don't want them to walk into a mediation and feel like they don't know what's happening. No, that's and they're what we're victimized, saying. Right. And and you and you said it the nail you hit the nail on the head empowerment right that's for me that's right. what it really is yeah. all about empowering people so they have the information mm-hmm. needed to make the best decisions absolutely you know at, I I tell my clients nobody gets what they want in divorce you're not going to get what you want he's not going to get what he wants but the best outcome is if you can feel like you were fully informed. And you made the best decisions for yourself. If you can walk away having those two things, then you weren't a victim of your divorce. You made empowered choices. And exactly. that's a win. That's a win. It really is. It really mm-hmm. is. And because you had control. And, right. and more than control, it's you were intentional. So, exactly. um, right. And when you're dealing in any type of negotiation, right, you, yes. as long as you're intentional and you make the decision and you play a part in making the decision rather than yeah. a judge doing it for you. Right. Um, right. That's, that's what counts. And that's what you can live with. That's what you can live with. Yeah. And, and helping them understand that. I think so many people go into the process thinking, okay, 
Well, here are all the assets and debts, and in divorce, you just divide everything in half. I wish it was that easy. You know, but that isn't also how it has to be, especially in mediation. You have options to create any kind of solution that works best for your family. So don't start off with, okay, we're going to cut the house in half. Start off with, (laughs) what do I need? What are my priorities? Right? Right. It's like, here's your, here's your dining room chair and here's your dining room chair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's not fight over that. Right. No. What do you need and what do you need right now and what might you need 10 years from now so that we're not making decisions today that sacrifice our future? Absolutely. And, and, and long-term planning and, and thinking about your post-divorce life, that's a whole, right. Right, that's a whole focus that, I, that I, I don't let them lose sight of yes. in the coaching because your post-divorce life guides the decisions you make in the divorce. Exactly. So we have to keep that in mind when we're in the, at the negotiating table. Absolutely. Right. So we have must-haves, we have some wants, and then we have some willing to trades. But if I don't know what I need, I can't, I don't know where to put things in that, in those categories. Right. Yeah. The needs and want exercise. I do that all the time. And yeah. um, I sound like I'm talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we are. Yeah, no, you're much prettier than me, Joe. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, the, but you know what that means, though, is that we're both, we're coming at it from a perspective that is helping the client advocate. And um, I say fear is the most expensive thing in divorce. And so what we're doing when we help the client understand what the process is going to be like and feel like they're prepared for it, they're less afraid. So they're using their attorney more effectively. They're hopefully getting through the process more quickly. They're spending less of their kid's college fund on their divorce. Oh, absolutely. Right? Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I quit representing people as a divorce attorney because to, I got so tired of being involved with people spending their children's college funds, let's say, or the, all their yeah. retirement on divorce attorneys. Right. I, it's like I did not want to be part of that. You know, mm-hmm. and um, because it sickened me, right? We work so hard, people work so hard, um, and then at the end of the day, we always say you're supposed to act in the best interest of the children mm-hmm. and think about them. And right. but when you're when you're liquidating everything you have to right. fight with each other, you're not doing that. You're not doing that. No. So yeah, that's why one of the reasons I I just said I had enough. Um, yep. But so let's talk about fear. Um, yeah. And, and especially fear of money, like fear in general, like you said, mm. I think it drives, it's such an inhibiting um, thing to deal with. And well, you never want to make, you know, I think we've all heard the expression, you never want to make uh, important decisions when you're emotional about something. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say you never want to make important decisions when you have, are scared and, and have fear. Um, right. Right. So how because- do you, how do you prepare for that? Right. Well, the, one of the reasons we don't want to do that, and I know you and I went through a, a lot of the same coaching uh, training, is when this part of our brain, that amygdala, gets fired up, that fight or flight reflex, the actual logical part of our brain can't work. Right. So when you are fired up with fear, you can't make really good decisions. So we need to make sure people aren't in fear, and that, that's part of our job. So. Um, a large portion of my clients have been stay-at-home moms or the lower earners, kind of like I was. And so when their husband files for a divorce or when they decide that it's time to go, one of their primary fears is, how am I going to buy groceries? 
how am I going to afford rent or, or a mortgage payment? I don't or even, an attorney. Right? right, right. I don't even know if I can, right? So one of the exercises I go through with them when they are, ideally, I will work with them before anything happens. That I is like ideal, for yes. them to come to me when they're thinking it might be time to go. Yes. And we work on something I call an exit strategy. Don't, don't tell your spouse yet. Let's right. think it through. And let's figure out maybe today isn't the right time. Maybe it's six months from now. But we start with your post-divorce finances. What will those look like? Where are you going to live? What are your expenses going to be? What money are you going to need on a monthly basis? So we start there because if we can create a plan so that she knows month to month she'll be okay with housing and groceries and her car payment, that's a big exhale. Oh, well, huge. But, right there. But how do you get to that point if I'm sure you've worked with many people, I know I have, who, you know, for whatever reason, um, mm-hmm. were not involved with the finances. Um, they don't even know what accounts exist. Right. Um, you know, maybe they're aware of one joint account, but yep. that's it, you know, mm-hmm. and um, based on incomes, you know, there has to be more, you know, they just don't know. And so know. how do you help somebody determine, you know, in the preparation phase is what we're talking about, which is, yes. I agree, the ideal time because time right. is on your side. Yes. Um, but how do you, how do you get them to figure this stuff out if they are, for the most part, clueless financially? That's, it's really hard. And some of it you can't do, right? right? Some of it you can't do until you get to the discovery phase because you don't have passwords. There's no paper trail. There's nothing you have access to. Yeah. I know. But it's scary. But- it is scary. But, but what you can do is you can look at what your expenses might be. You can do that. You can consult with an attorney if you have an idea of what your spouse makes. If you have an idea of what you make, you make 20000 a year. You have an idea that your spouse makes about 100 and you have two children. A consult with an attorney will give you a rough estimate of what spousal support and child support might be. Right. So that's right. going to give you a ballpark figure, your income and those two levels of support to put into your budget to start ballparking these things, you know, and then, you know, and, and knowing, I hate to be cliche, but it really is half the battle. Knowledge I mean, is the antidote to fear. Yes. And, um, that's what we really do as coaches really mm-hmm. instill, empower people with information. Right. Right. For sure. So, so what else, how else do you help people regarding money and their fear of money? Right. Like, because fear of money, I mean, it's huge. It, it, even outside of divorce, it, it yeah. I think, drives and consumes people. Consumes people. And if they haven't been involved in their family finances, they might not even understand how to set up checking accounts, credit cards, right? So in this, in this preparation phase, I walk them through the process of let's go ahead and get you a checking account. Let's go ahead and get your credit card. Right. Let's go ahead and get these things set up for you. Let's start paying a few bills out of this. Let's check your credit report. Let's start getting used to right some of these 
some of these things. Let's talk about, okay, so your husband has a pension. He has a 401k. Do you know what those are? You're going to be awarded part of those. Let's talk about what that means. Well, yeah. And, and if you weren't involved with the finances during the marriage, you're sure going to be uh, aware of the finances after the divorce. <laughs> exactly. Because you'll be they, handling them. You'll be handling them. So let's talk about what that means. They might not know the difference between a 401k and a pension. They yeah. often don't know that if they've been married for more than 10 years, they're eligible to claim spousal benefits on their husband's social security. What? You know, I didn't know that. I've had clients whose husbands told them that because their 401k at their work was in their name, that their wife wasn't eligible for any part of it. And she said, oh, okay, that's too bad. <sighs> I didn't know that. I said, nope. Right. That, so, no, I know. That's why... Um, having the right team to support you through the process is so important. Um, yep. And having people like you and me, you know, in addition to other professionals um, is so vital because, right. right. You you need that support. So you feel at the, again, it's all about empowerment. Empowerment. So educating them. And as a coach coaches, we also know other professionals so we can help refer them maybe to the right financial planner. Right. right to the right tax person to the right we get to know our clients well enough that we know their personality and their needs and we can help direct them to the right person because they have to have the right the right kind of support absolutely and and otherwise you're you're making decisions without all the information and that's never a good thing right you know right at the end of the day maybe you do uh you know, waive your right to, uh, you know, the 401k or something like that, another asset, but right. you would be doing that because you want to do that because exactly. with an intention, right? Not, not because he said you're not entitled to it. It's a difference. Right. right. Exactly. Right. Because I would say 70% of the clients I talk to come in with the attitude of, I've got to have the house, got to keep the house. Right. That's usually the number one thing I hear. And I say, I hear you. Let's work under that hypothesis, but let's run the numbers and see what that would look like. Right. It has to right? be feasible, right? It has to be feasible. So number one, we look at the, your cash flow or your budget. Can you afford that? Right. Once you pay out the equity to him or you offset it with another asset, are you going to give up the all retirement assets in order to keep the house? And is that smart? If you're 28 years old and you make $150,000 a year and have time to rebuild your retirement, maybe, yeah. Right. But if you're 60, probably not. Right. And, and I mean, there's so, so many different variables. And in every case, you know, I tell people it's so fact specific. You, you can't, mm -hmm. that's why you shouldn't listen to friends and family about their exactly. divorces. Right. Well, yeah, I kept the house, so you should keep the house. It doesn't work like that. Um, you know. Absolutely. Because after, first, A, since we're just talking about the house, and it is usually yeah. one of the larger assets in a divorce, you know, at, in order for you to stay in the home most of the time, you know, assuming, again, this is such a, a base assumption that, yeah. you know, he, well, I'll just use, we're representing or coaching the, the wife in this case, you know, right. if the husband's entitled to half the house um, in equity, you know, that has to come from somewhere. So, yeah. A, all right, after 
he gets paid for his share of the house in some form or fashion, and you're living there, you're going to be charged with paying for that. The month, the day-to-day expenses, the monthly right. expenses. Right. And can you do that? Can you? And do you want to cut the grass? What if you have to replace the roof? What if the HVAC system blows? Oh, sure, yeah. Do you have the emergency fund set aside to cover that kind of stuff? Right. The other thing is, can you qualify to refinance the mortgage in your name? So one of the things I like to do when I'm working with clients before the divorce, if they're thinking they might want to keep the house and they are either not earning or a very low earner, I have them go ahead and meet with a lender, hopefully a certified divorce lending professional, and talk through what would it take to qualify right. to, to meet underwriting. Because the last thing we want also is for a client to agree in a divorce settlement, I'll refinance within 60 days, and then they don't qualify and they're in contempt. I don't want well, my client in that position. Yeah, that's just, uh, you, you don't want to be in that position at all for a number of reasons. Um, right. You know, contempt aside, it's just right. You just agreed to this, it's done, and now there's a problem. <laughs> right. So let's find out up front, could you qualify and or under what circumstances? Because again, that might affect how you rearrange these pieces of Lego bricks in your settlement agreement. Well, I can't refinance 300,000, but I can qualify for 250. So I'm going to pay you this much out of the equity and then give you this much out of the retirement. Right. 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 So I'm a creative again, but I've got to know. Right. And at the end of the day, it's about making a plan that you know will work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right. The, the old phrase, you can't get blood from a stone. Um, <laughs> so if there's not enough money to go around to support the lifestyle that you would like to have after your right. divorce, it, right? You have to come up with alternatives. Yeah, and there are creative alternatives, but we also have to let go of the expectation. And I think that's where the we set aside the finance and the coaching comes in is helping our clients let go of the expectation that it's going to be the same. Right, because let me know if you agree with this. I I, I think, and I like to play psychologist. Um, even though I'm not one, <laughs> but I, I, play feel like one on should... I play one on a podcast. Yeah. I feel, <laughs> I feel like, like when you become an attorney, like you should also have like a, a PhD in psychology. I just feel like it should come together, but <laughs> okay. um, throw it in there. <laughs> right. Why not? They, the, the emotion that's attached um, to, let's say uh, uh, the house, mm-hmm. you know, um, especially if you've been living there a long time and that's, where the kids are growing up and, you know, there's just a lot of emotion involved when you're going through a divorce too, you know, involving not just material things, but the relationship issues and all that. Right. But, but it's stuff that we have to deal with. And yes. so part of our role with our clients is, is kind of separating out the emotion from really the business of the divorce. Right. Right. And, and, and exactly. that's hard. But setting the expectations and, and right, kind of telling them um, because people are so easily, um, you know, can get tunnel vision and, and get stuck on this. You know, I have mm-hmm. to have the house. I have to be in the house. Right. Um, I can't live anywhere else. It just, I mean, I can't. I can't. Um, and my kids, my kids cannot live anywhere else. <laughs> mm-hmm. But setting those expectations and, under, and, and, and it's almost like, you know, kind of teaching and counseling them through the why and, you right. know, um, is what we do. Right, right. And sometimes it's asking a lot of why questions. Okay, why? And they give it, what then? What then? And get down to the real issue, you know? 
the real issue that's there, the real fear that's underneath all of it, because it really may not be the house. It may be something else. Right. Exactly. Right. It's like therapy. Right. A friend of mine said a really important thing, and that is sometimes we need to remind mom that for the kids, home is wherever she is. It's not this particular structure. Home, especially if you've been the primary caregiver, home is wherever you are. It, it's, in an, it's an environment. It's not a location. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and so I, I'm so glad that we share the same vision. Again, I feel like talking to myself. <laughs> Well, you know, I, hopefully all, all the good divorce coaches are helping their clients do the same thing and that's be informed and advocate and process their emotions over here so that they can make good decisions over here. Because I think we've all met somebody who went through a divorce and they use terrible words and they got screwed and they, you know, it was awful. And then they're living with that. I don't want my clients to live with this cloud over them. Right. I want them to say that happened and now I'm going to do this. Right. And I'm going to be better for it now. Yeah. Part of your post-divorce life is you kind of start with a fresh canvas, you know, yeah. and, and you get to now, you know, paint the picture with obviously what you have. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's an opportunity. And so I I try to frame it that way. It is. And to pull your psychology back in, it's we can really reap the benefits of post-traumatic growth, right? This, this, This change that we didn't want to happen happened anyway, but what can I learn from it and how can I be better after it? Right. It's, it's adversity going through a a divorce is adversity. Nobody, um, again, I always say nobody gets married hoping they get divorced. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it, it happens and right at the end of the day, maybe you wanted it, maybe you didn't. Um, right. but if you didn't want it, you can't choose to not have it happen. Um, yep. and again, psychologists, um, if you didn't want the divorce initially, why would you want to be with somebody who doesn't want to be with you? Right. Right. So that's a bad situation. So no matter, no matter what, Mm-hmm. hopefully it can be better after after yeah. yeah and especially if you were the one that didn't want it there's a great quote that's something something along the lines of uh someone once gave me a box of darkness and it took me a while to realize it was a gift uh, i never heard that but i like it it's something i don't think that's exactly the quote but it's something about that it's like yes it. someone gave me something hard and painful and after a while i realized that it's kind of what i needed it was good for me. And I, I know I'm just like a book full of cliches today, but like if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. <laughs> Are you going to break out in a Kelly Clarkson song right now? No. <laughs> Come on, do it. Which one? Which one? <laughs> what doesn't kill you, make you makes you stronger. Is that an actual song? I'm pretty sure that's Kelly Clarkson's song. Now you've I'm got to have to look it up after this. You're going to have to look that up. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> oh, but Yeah. And, you know, the other thing I think we help people do when you're talking about kind of shifting your mindset, when we talk about parenting, because we started off with my story about how I'm co-parenting with my ex and that's going so smoothly. It's we help clients. I'm mad at at him because I'm getting divorced and 
So it takes them a while. We can help coach them through shifting that relationship from a romantic one to a business partnership. And that, really, yeah. Right? And their business is raising happy, healthy kids. And it takes a while for that transition and supporting them through the understanding that it is going to be bumpy for a while, but that doesn't mean you aren't going to get there. Absolutely. And, and you both have to, if you both want to get there, you will get there. You will. It won't, and, might not be today. Right. It might take six months. It might take a year, but just keep working on it. Like, like most things in life, nothing is, happens uh, overnight. I mean, everybody wants that immediate gratification in general these days. Yep. But um, with divorce especially, you know, it, right, working with a coach, your life isn't going to change overnight. But it's a process, and right. it's about creating a plan, a strategy, and yep. working towards that, right? Absolutely. So, Deborah, that was, well, I know we're talking about divorce, and it's so negative, but I was like, that was fun. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, the positive part of it is if we can make it less painful, less expensive, um, and a better process for people, I'm going to take that as a win. I'm with you on that one. You're going to um, go through it anyway, so let's try to make it a little more palatable. Less horrible. <laughs> right? And at the end of the day, I always say, no matter how bad it is, like if we can't laugh a little bit, um, what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for Thank being you. on the show. It's um, amazing. Where can people feel you, uh, find you? They can find me at debradoke.com, D-E-B-R-A-D-O-A-K.com. Okay. And you have a book. I do. I have a book. I'll cover this up so you can't see that I wrote my copy on it. But it's <laughs> <laughs> High Conflict Divorce for Women. Awesome. So if you have reason to believe you're seeing some of the signs that your divorce might be very conflicted, um, my book will give you some coping skills and legal strategies for all the stages before, uh, during, and after. And where can I get it? You can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any of your booksellers. Great. Or my and website. Or your website, right? Or my website. Direct from the source. Yep. <laughs> well, thank Absolutely. you so much again. I really loved having you on. And you. Uh, hopefully people um, have some sort of sense that they don't have to fear, um, you know, everything financial when going through a divorce. Absolutely. Just find the right team. There's people out here that can help you. There's two right here. Two right here. <laughs> Thanks so much, Deborah. Thank you so much. All right. Another one in the books. I hope you enjoyed that episode and my chat with Deborah and learned a little bit something about really what it comes down to is fear and how fear does control you and affects the, the decisions that you make and how you have to have uh, a balance of, you know, being cautious but not being fearful so you make the right decisions in your divorce. And as a divorce coach, that's what I do. I empower you with the information you need to know so you don't have fear when you're making these important decisions. Now, if you're looking for some uh, divorce coaching, check out jasonlavoy.com and my divorce coaching programs under Divorce You. I offer group coaching programs and personal one-on-one -on -one coaching, uh, which is more intensive. Also, subscribe to the podcast so you get all new episodes of this when they come out. In the meantime, all I'm going to ask you to do is be strong, act confident, and stay positive. I'm Jason Lavoy, a.k.a. The Divorce Resource Guy, and I'll be seeing you real soon.